So art and, and, and creative endeavors, you're kind of inherently making yourself vulnerable. Humility is not the right word. It's almost like um, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm not, I'm here by accident. They're going to figure out I suck. But that, that, that drove me for a long time. I'm getting this from Phil Jackson. If you put a cow in a fence, he'll eat the other neighbor's grass. But if you um, put him in an open field, he'll stay to his devices. Yeah. So I'm that cow. I also tend to be a little bit cynical. So just like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm helping people have sex with each other. That's all I'm really doing. This is my right. life's work. And you know, when I'm 60, 70, and like, you know, we go back and tender sold for $80 billion, and I can be like, hey, like, you know, I, I helped build that thing. Welcome to the Design of Everything podcast. I am your host, Kyle Berseth. Thank you all for tuning in. This week, I've got a great guest on, very fun to talk to, Andy Lawton. He is a app developer at Tinder. Not just any app developer. The head of Android development at Tinder. He's bringing people together for hooking up and maybe more. Anyway, he had me up on the rooftop at Tinder over Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, and we talked about app development, creativity, and the future, and of course, Tupac Rap Chat Forums. This is the design of cellular telephone applications with Andy Lawton. Devin was really hyping you up. Oh, well, Devin's a liar. He, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think he's a pretty honest He's person an improv too. actor. I mean, he, can we uh, really trust him? <laughs> yeah, I trust him. He said, he said, uh, you got to talk to Andy. He's probably one of the uh, best Android developers in the country. Country. Maybe the county? And in like my LA mind, county? that's got to put you right up there in the world. Um... Man, I I'm good. Like right, I'm not gonna like, sit here and be like I'm not good. But like I feel like the better you get, like the worse, or like the more your idols look better. I don't know. The better you get, the more your idols the, look better. The, yeah, exactly. Because I sort of know all the stuff they do, and I yeah. judge myself against them. Okay. So I kind of mentioned the Android deity. Right. right? There is an Android god. This guy, so Square, the card manufacturer. Yeah, you probably have a Square chip right there. Um. Do you have one? No, no. I was taking out a pen to, oh. uh, to, to, to make these <laughs> notes about this guy. Yeah, so the Square Reader yeah. uh, is a guy named Jake Wharton. And Square has this huge like open source like community. This guy only writes open source projects. I don't think he's like ever written anything for Square. Really? Um, but like literally you cannot write an Android app without using like four or five of his libraries. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of like... Uh Kind of like in cooking, like the the mother sauces in, in yeah. French cuisine, if you're familiar with that. Exactly. So he, he we can't we can't make pasta visual <laughs> without a little bit of Jake Wharton. Wow. So I guess what sets sets the uh, the good developers apart from the or the great developers apart from the good developers. To me, it's just like the the prolific, like the prolificness. 
Oh, okay. I right. was thinking it was going to be like the specific nuances of it, but it's more so there output. Are, there are, but to me, it's just like some of these people, it's just mind-boggling, like the volume, the high quality and volume they would put out. Yeah. Um, so like this guy, so um, <laughs> so Jake Wharton, so in Get, you know what GitHub is? No, I'm not familiar so with that. So basically that. GitHub is when you want to share code, you, you want to put in kind of a central source, you want people to maybe review it before it goes in. Yeah. And all open source code is mostly hosted on GitHub. So if you're any developer and you want to use this library to like help build your app, yeah. you can go get it on GitHub. So this guy, like on GitHub tracks like how often you commit code. And uh, it's almost just, I think it's literally every day. And He's it, just putting, just putting code stuff every out single like, day. like every single day. And it's just the most high quality, like well thought out <laughs> stuff. Um, I want to call him the Michael Jordan of Android, but he's like, uh, oh man, this is the volume and quality is just like through the roof. So yeah. I, would, I put myself against him or like a Nick Butcher. Like these guys are like kind of stars on, on t- uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, I have different skills, right? Well, what would you say your expertise is? Um, so I actually have a weird background, right? Like um, I didn't graduate college. Wild. Yeah, barely went to college. I, I played football in college. I went. Yeah. To, I went to a tiny D three school. What school is that? Bridgewater College. Oh, Bridgewater. Yeah, everybody's Huge heard of that fan one. of their football team. Yeah, dude, the Eagles, <laughs> man, they're great. Uh, top ten football team though in D three, but really? you know. You know <laughs> All right. Well, fair like, enough. <laughs> it's like being the fastest of the, of the fat kids. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so. Um, so like I was like a total jock, high school, college is a total jock. Yeah. Frat boy. I wasn't in a frat, but I was all the trappings. You had, yeah, all the trappings. You had some button up shirts. Yeah, oh yeah, Sperry's, <laughs> all that good stuff. <laughs> so uh so I somehow like stumbled I was always smart. I, I actually have a cool story about how I got into programming that we talk about later. But it was like this it, like this jock I kicked out of school and I was like, What do I do? And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like program. And uh, But you had program nothing up to that point no i had programmed plenty before that oh, okay All right. um so i had this weird like chip on my shoulder like getting kicked out of school and like my work ethic is probably my biggest asset like um i, I want to say i'm like hyper intelligent or like a prodigy or anything like that it's just like the hyper work ethic mm-hmm. do you think you'd develop that through sports yes because and i actually kind of realized this i don't feel comfortable like so like growing up, I'd play two two sports at a time. Yeah, I'd play AAU basketball, like travel football. Um, I played three sports in high school, two in college. So you're just kind of used to like your day is go, not go, nine go. to five. Your day right. is like eight a.m. to ten p.m. Yeah, yeah. So like I ran track and cross country, so it's same thing. Yeah, so you're, you're before school even on some cross country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of used to that. It's like you're kind of I didn't know what to do with my downtime. Right. Right? <laughs> so, right. like, I kicked out of school. I was, like, living at home, like, living in, like, weird places. And it was just, like, this Wait, is... <laughs> why did you get kicked out of school? I got kicked out of school because I had... You had too much downtime. <laughs> no, it was... it was So, I, we got super hammered one night. And I went to... The school was, like, Christian. Oh. Very Christian school. Like, zero tolerance policy. And yeah. I had a bull piece in my room. No uh-huh. weed. Just a bull piece. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> not a crime here. What up, what up LA? No crime. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I got kicked out, and it was... Uh, one offense, you're one, out. One offense, you're done, dude. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, that being in California crazy. right now, I just walked in the street, and I, I smelled more offenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> These guys should all get kicked out of school. Wow, yeah. wow. So you get kicked out of school? So I get kicked out of school, and within, like, a year, I have a job working at NASA. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, it was it was weird. Well, wait a minute. Were you uh, Goodwill hunting at NASA? <laughs> Were you cleaning the floors? And I was an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had suit sizes X two XL. <laughs> No, I was, I was a web developer. Uh, so I worked on the um, the hydrospheric and biospheric sciences, which makes Earth Observatory. So if you ever been to earthobservatory.gov or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's basically like all the cool pictures from satellites on Earth. Oh, okay, yeah. So these guys study Earth, like they study Earth from space. So that's basically what that hydrospheric right. and biospheric. So anytime you see like a really cool picture on Reddit, of like the earth some topography like it's from that website yeah follow nasa on instagram yeah exactly some cool stuff so that was like the first cool thing i built uh or worked on like we built like the engine that run that thing it's used on a bunch of websites at, at nasa yeah yeah well i think we should tell the story of how i got like into programming let's hear it yeah um <laughs> So I was a white kid from the really sil- into porn. <laughs> yeah, super into porn. That's another story. It's gotta be an easier way to get my hands on this. <laughs> so this was like late '90s. Do you remember late '90s the internet? Yeah. Dubstep. That was when dubstep was created. People don't know that. So and Napster. That was exactly my introduction to the internet was Napster. Yep. So um, I was a white kid from the suburbs. So of course I just loved rap music, and I you know, boom, straight pat, up, <laughs> straight out of Montclair. Um, and I just Napster was good, but like there is, I sort of found these like ethers, these weird places on the internet. Oh, IRC, Internet Relay Chat. You got into deep internet before it yeah, was this, even this, coined. <laughs> this was basically the deep web back in the day. Like nobody yeah. knew you could like program little commands to like communicate and join channels and things like that. So uh, <laughs> it was like this re- weird seedy side of the internet. Yeah. So I got into it. Uh, so I was chat rooms and then like, uh, and then it has like various, like, and then you can like directly it connect to people. Yeah, that's adjust the, the sunlight. <laughs> Sorry, so, so you're a kid hanging out in weird chat rooms. Hanging out on weird <laughs> chat rooms, and uh, I was really into Tupac, and I had I had this like been in this chat room called Tupac MP3 for so long. <laughs> that was the name <laughs> of the. It chat was room. pound so hashtag Tupac MP3. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'd become a moderator. Like that's how, that's how you like worked your way up to ingrained the into it I was. <laughs> So when I became a moderator, I got into like this, like really, basically back then, all the bootlegging stuff that came through the like came through the world went through these like central sources. There's these scenes, like, okay. they call it the where scene. There's these groups that are responsible for it. Yeah. So all of it gets put in like central sources called FTP dumps or like zero day dumps. Yeah. So basically, all the shit, all the new bootleg shit on the internet goes to like one common source. Okay. Um, Who's so got, running that source? This, it's a very disparate thing, but Russia, it basically felt like Russia was responsible for all of it. Shout out Putin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got access to this thing, and then by virtue of being on Tupac MP3, I got hooked up with this website. It's called Joint Central 2G. And you can still Google it. You can still find the remnants of it. But we would like download MP3s from these like zero-day sites and convert them into real player. Okay. Do you remember Role Player? Vaguely. So, I mean, it's it's familiar to me, but boy, you're. It bloated your. Yeah, this is like 98. Knocking this is 99. Hard on my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, so we would like download the MP3s and convert them to Role Player, because Role Player basically like, took a high quality MP3 and encoded it into shit. Like, a, it was 32.1 kilobyte per second. 
Pathetic. Was, oh, it was awful. If you heard it today, you would just be like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. It was just garbled. Someone recorded this on their phone. <laughs> yeah. So we would, we would Much like this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My, how uh, the times have changed. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool reminiscing on that. I haven't thought about that forever. So we would basically, like, convert these things from MP3 to real player and then post it online. And then people with shitty internet could go stream it. Yeah. And it was massively successful. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, real player. So, and Join Central 2G was, a, was like, the number one website for, like, this. But then we started having, like, offshoots of us, like, being created, like, rival websites. We yeah. had beef with the rival team members. <laughs> we had, like, IRC beef. So it was, like, Join Central 2G and hip-hop. Hey, what is IRC? Internet real, Relay Chat. Okay, internet it still real. exists. It's still <laughs> popular. Um, Andy. Yeah. Hate to bother you. Yeah. Um, Too loud? No, no, no. I found an issue. All right, some nerd needed Andy's help, so that gives us a moment to plug our sponsors for the week. Live for the last time. Are you going to be in the Hollywood area April 7th? Then come on out to the Nerd Melt showroom at 7 p.m. for a mashup of stand-up comedy and video. Never before seen videos. Some of them, not all of them, but most of them haven't been seen. We've got great comedians for you. Brandon Wardell from Comedy Central and the Internet. Jake Wiseman from Comedy Central. Peggy Sinnott from True TV. Jamel Johnson from Comedy Central. Jason Nunez visiting from D.C. and from the Lifetime Movie Network. What? He might be crying. And yours truly from the Design of Everything podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. Come on out, 7 p.m. on April 7th, the Nerd Melt Showroom, Hollywood, California. Get there. All right, back to the podcast. And we're back. Uh, so we're, we're in IRC. <laughs> you even dropped. Yeah, you dropped the mic. Exactly just, where you just, I filed that one away and then register in the back of my brain. IRC, you're getting in uh, fights. Yeah, we have hip-hop. We have beef. I remember this crew, Hip Hop Riders. They had another... They created like an like a like a better version of our website, oh, and they yeah. had more. Because sh- this was, I, I was rocking a fifty six k modem, dude. There's only it, so- was that good back then? No, or? Well, yeah, okay. it was like it was like the standard, but it wasn't good. But people in college had T one modems. Oh right, yeah, yeah, of course, I remember. Yeah, so those were the guys that like we relied on. We had a few of them, but they had this one guy. I forget his name, but he like was just like crazy volume he was like constantly putting shit up i don't think he's i think like, his name was uh nate bat nate, <laughs> nate, nate batch his name was uh <laughs> his name was sean god was the guy from napster but yeah so that's how i learned how to program so the first code i ever wrote was this like it would basically download the stuff from the from the website or for the ftp dump it would like create a website based on the information yeah and then we would run it through this script to convert it to real player so it was like the first code I wrote. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I just took a picture of Tower Records and posted it on Instagram and said, we downloaded you out of business. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> take, take that, Colin Hanks. <laughs> okay, so you uh, you do that. You're, you get a little taste for development. Yep. But at that time, you weren't thinking, oh, this could be a career, or was it even a career for people, I guess? Uh so I, I the thing I liked I liked the design aspect more. Ah, like I always wanted to, to be like a graphic designer. Yeah. Like I remember uh oh we used to like design websites for uh people would pay me to design websites for like Dragon Ball Z websites and like 
it all had like one style. I don't remember this, like it frames. <laughs> Comic Sans font. <laughs> no, no, no. We had these like crazy fonts that like looked like crazy Japanese letters, but it was it was English, and they all wanted that same look. Yeah. Uh, so I knew I like learned how to do that, and then I was just selling. People would, like just pay me like fifty bucks to build like a, a banner image. This was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, dude. So this a was, banner like, image was huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember how I got paid. I might have, might have been PayPal. <laughs> so did I, did you like drawing then or uh so i i was very cognizant of my li- i couldn't draw okay like zero talent in drawing yeah um i feel that way i feel i'm okay at drawing but i'm much better using photoshop and designing something in photoshop where i can pull other stuff exactly and then ad- you know, so you learn how to do all. It. You learn how to do all the shit. You learn how to like, you know, cut out backgrounds. You learn how to like, you know, alt layers. So you learn Photoshop really well. That'll get you to a point. Right. Right. Um, so actually, my high school had an IT program, and it was like you either do computer programming or you do computer graphics. Mm-hmm. And I did computer graphics. Yeah. But I got kicked out the second year. <laughs> Hey, how long before you're getting terminated from this it's, job here? Tonight. I was I'm seeing the chat, yeah. <laughs> I get kicked out of things. <laughs> I never put that together, but yeah, wow. You never put it together. The educational I got system. Out. <laughs> the miseducation of Andy Lawton. Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. That, that indicates something about, I would think, the way you work is very independent. I think, yeah, that's actually... Um, so you find, so you kind of like, after you learn yourself, and you're like, this is kind of how I am, this is how I operate. Um, like, I don't like showing the work at a certain time. I don't like being in a certain, like being told what to do. Like, when people give me freedom, there's an old, like, Zen saying, and I'm, I'm getting this from Phil Jackson, uh-huh. is like, if you put a cow in a fence, he'll eat the other neighbor's grass. But if you uh, put him in an open field, he'll stay to his devices. Yeah. So I'm that cow. You're that cow. <laughs> uh... Like if people give me the freedom, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm great. But when I put in boxes, or that sounds so douchey. But like I, I, I tend to rebel or whatever it is. So yeah. This is why I couldn't never hold like a nine to five at like a scum government contractor. But now you have a nine to five at Tinder. So how does that? How, you must have parameters at work and and certain goals. Yeah. So the tech industry, I feel like, has molded to like sort of adapt to this. Like I'm not the only person. This, 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 whatever my repertoire, the, how I operate, it seems to be other people like this. Right. Um, and the gist is like you know, show up to work before noon. Let us know you're not dead. Wear sweatpants. Yeah. I guess I, I am wearing sweatpants to work today. <laughs> Shout out Uniqlo. Uh, I love Uniqlo. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. These pants are like six cents, <laughs> like literally. Yeah, so it's like, uh, and but as you get more advanced in your career and you're managing people, there's a bit more parameter. And that side right. of me is starting to. I mean, I'll be thirty in two months, so that side is like, kind of dying a little bit. Which side? The rebellious. The rebellious. Side. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what else are you gonna rebel you're against? You're the fence now. Yeah, I am the fence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insert mind blown gif. Well, okay, I think that's interesting because uh, I think I would say in the early days of computers, pretty strong reputation of being button up nerdy guys. Yeah. And now I feel like we are kind of, maybe I'm not correct on this, but in a renaissance of um, technology and the internet specifically. Yep. 
So you're getting some more creative people in that field. And maybe those guys were creative too, but... Uh, there's, an, there's an inherent... I think programming is, is create, 100% creati- creative process. Okay. If you look at... Programmers that write really good code, the code is almost artistic. It's like... In what way? It, 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 like, it, it almost like they're... So their methods are all like the same size and like... They use a code, like, so code styles, like, basically enforces all your code, like, sort of follows the same format. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at Jake Warden's code, like, you can tell it's his code. You know oh, what I'm saying? Like it, he's it got fl- a calling card. Like, it flows in, in a certain sense, and it's hard to, like, articulate, but, like, you know, like, if you see a Picasso painting, you see similar vestiges. Like, right. Right. So, you'll notice this in people's code. Like, really good programmers, uh, they find a style, and they almost can be, like, artistic with it. That's really interesting. So, but on the front end of things yeah where a uh, a big dummy like me is seeing using that code yep am i experiencing the same you uh it, enjoyment so you can write you can write beautiful code that sucks at the end user what makes it beautiful then so it's beautiful aesthetically right to another engineer <laughs> wait what do you mean aesthetically like literally literally aesthetically it? beautiful code is is such a thing there's actually a, there's like a little subgenre where people will, like take different languages and kind of like show how it expresses a different like uh, like how they can write the same code in a different language and how different it looks. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really cool article. Somebody that wrote the same code as a different author. So, like this is how Hemingway would write this function. It all did the same thing. <laughs> okay. uh, it's actually a really cool article. I'd love to share it with you. But um, it was cool. So he's like, I'm writing this code in the style of yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. And then based on the, the the brevity of it, it might be the Hemingway or the, just okay, the simpleness. Yeah. The beauty is in the simplicity, right? The right. Hemingway. Um, <laughs> you get some, yeah. someone else and you're like, yeah, oh, this is some dark yeah. person. This person definitely <laughs> killed themselves after This person definitely went mental. to death. <laughs> and this wife still floating around in Cuba somewhere. So, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's, that was a really cool article. But, uh, yeah, so there's like, code so, can be aesthetically pleasing. So it's not to a programmer great code doesn't isn't necessarily a great end product to a lot of people yes <laughs> that sounds so stupid it to me it sounds so <laughs> it, it it does and i guess the it almost doesn't make sense it would almost be like if you built this beautiful car engine yeah right and the car engine was you know the the gear shafts like fit in perfectly and there's this perfect welding and I can see everything. It easily pull it apart and put it back together. Yeah. But they put just it in doesn't like a, run on they gas. put it in the yeah exactly. It doesn't run on gas or like they didn't put a steering wheel in it, so nobody can use it. Are you yeah? <laughs> but it is like wow, this is yeah. a pristine, beautiful. But to piece um, of to the consumer of it, and that's where user experience is. That's all right. The difference between like user experience, programming, all that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like if you go sit to this car and there's no steering wheel, like how how great is the engine? Yeah. Well, to me, it was <laughs> yeah. not great. But if you're an engine designer and you looked at the engine, you would appreciate this car. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, why are you on the Android side of things as opposed to iOS? Uh, dude, the market for Android was super hot. Uh, I've actually written a good bit of iOS in my life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so <laughs> You're like, just to be clear, my iOS skill is nothing to sneeze yeah, at. Yeah, don't but. sneeze at them. <laughs> um, so how I got into Android was like, so after that Senate NASA, I worked for a government contractor. I'm from D.C., so like Northern Virginia and D.C. is like 
government contractor, jobs everywhere, and I worked for one for a while. And I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be a web developer anymore. I want to, like, branch out into mobile development. Mm-hmm. And nobody would hire me because I was like, one, a college dropout. Like, I was, you know, a little rough on the edges. Yeah. So I like, go to interviews. And that, there, was, there was a kind of a dearth of jobs. It was like, yeah, Google's hiring and, you know... Airbnb, in not in or, DC, but like elsewhere. No, no, no. Oh, wow, there's like okay. there's like no Android jobs in DC. There's oh, like very really? few. This was like 2010. Okay, 2010. Yeah. So, um, so I've run a few iOS things and was like on Android. And I really liked Android because of the programming language. Uh, so Objective C is what iOS apps were written in, and literally nothing else is used for that. It's just iOS apps and oh, Mac okay. apps, and nothing else is used for it. Whereas Java, you go to school to teach you Java. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty ubiquitous language, and it, it looks like other languages. Where Objective C is very different. Okay. It has Objective C can look very beautiful to certain people. It's actually very. <laughs> but not yet. But it, it yeah, because it uses brackets instead of like just writing a line of code. So, uh, <laughs> so that is excessively disgusting, but you can do a lot of really powerful things with it. So the reason iOS versus Android was basically I, I here's the real reason was. Uh, so I like I was like set out. I want to like be an Android developer. I also want to like start my own company. So me and this dude who I lived with uh, on Craigslist, Craigslist roommate, who I also happened to be a developer. Wow. We convinced these guys in San Diego to give us this like contract to build a couple of Android apps. Yeah. Uh, and you did. We did. You we didn't like just tricked them. <laughs> we moved to Myrtle Beach. We lived in his parents' beach house. Um, this is this is another cool story too. So like so we like. We like got this money. We we're gonna build these apps. We had no fucking idea what we were doing. Like we yeah. sucked. Um, and we moved to Myrtle Beach. But they didn't know that. Yeah, they didn't know that. And well, when we started missing deadlines, they, they, they quickly found out our code wasn't didn't look good and the app didn't work well. So there's no aesthetically pleasing there. But me and this dude just moved to Myrtle Beach in his parents' beach house for free. Wrote code day and night. Just slammed out our all. Wow. Slammed coffee and just built this shit. No, I guess, would you attribute that to your current abilities? Oh, 100%. You're kind of like the Beatles going to Germany at that point. It, it, it was like your boots on the uh, boots on the ground. So I'm so DC, I just said <laughs> boots on the ground. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that applies yeah. to you. <laughs> so, so in a sense, yes, because what I what ended up doing is I had a girl as an engineer, but there's so much more when you're, like, doing the whole product and, like, being, like, try, being, like, the... The C, I was like CTO. Yeah. You know, like What's the T stand for? Then? Technology officer. Okay. But if it's a two-person company, you can give yourself whatever title you want. <laughs> you had five titles. Yeah. At one point, I was like chief scientist because I wanted to be like quirky. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah, I don't want to be fenced in with these labels yeah. that I'm giving myself. I make science happen. <laughs> okay, so now you're at Tinder. Yep. Do you use Tinder? Uh, sparingly? Sparingly, okay. Um, so I have a girl. So I used Tinder like to test it. Yeah, that's about it. I have a girl, girlfriend. Um, oh, okay. And also, like, shout out Tinder, but as a fat bald guy, you're not killing it on Tinder. Well, you know, I don't have any experience on Tinder myself. You should get fat, divorce, <laughs> and it will cut your hair. I'll <laughs> test it out. <laughs> but uh, do, I mean, I guess from a user standpoint do you think uh it's made it easier for people oh 100 percent. yeah so i mean i guess uh you take it's just as hard in a bar sure. i would think yeah so just by sheer numbers 
it's made things easier. 100%. And it's and it was just so ingenious, the simplicity in it. Like, it's very Hemingway-esque, right? Okay. I'll show, you, I'll show you something, you can swipe left or right on it. I either like you or I don't. Right. Right. I dabbled in OkCupid for okay. a little bit. Yep. And I would get anxiety about, like, sending a message, whereas swipe, swipe left or swipe right, it's almost, uh, I don't want to say... Yeah, it's making it so effortless. And there's no rejection. Right, right. There's like passive rejection. Right. Like they're gonna reject me later, but I'm not gonna see them say th- say no to me. Right. Yeah. Now, as a developer, do you think of that end user? Hundred percent. You have to. Yeah. Um, you. So that's what I was gonna say. One kind of my strength is is like I, I'm a solid engineer. I'm not Jake Wharton, but like I a little more. I hate the word producty, but like. Having that experience of like the, the like I said the company Myrtle Beach and like having to own your own everything is like gives you that perspective. Yeah. Like you need to think from the user. Um, so yeah, I, def- I definitely think about that. I I, w- I would be okay with an app being pretty bad code if really <laughs> if people it. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's like the, the money's still coming in. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you're a successful uh, app developer. What drives you at this point? I mean, you you must be fine monetarily. Megalomania is the... Uh, What's that mean exactly? Megalomania. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's just kind of like self-actualization. I don't know. Is self-actualization the right word? Um, but it's just... So, as a kid, I was, like, super smart and, like, best student and all that. And then I kind of, like, forgot that middle school through high school through college. Yeah. <laughs> kicked out. Kicked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Um, and now it's just sort of like remembering that and just kind of keep growing and growing. Because you have that chip on your shoulder. You kind of humility is not the right word. It's almost like um, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not, I'm here by accident. They're going to figure out I suck. Oh. You know, I, I've gotten away from that, but that, that, that driven me, drove me for a long time. Really? The, okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't belong. I need to work extra hard. I mean, if you ask me, I've worked with. They're like, this dude's a maniac. Yeah. Like he's working. You could ask Devin. Like he's he's working weekends. He's working. Well, I saw yeah. I saw one of your tweets. You said my most productive flow is work like a maniac for six to eight weeks, crash for one to two, high intensity interval coding. Yeah. Yeah, that's. So what are we, what are we talking like? A uh, hundred hours for those six to eight weeks per week. Yeah. At hours? least twelve hours a day, six days for sure. You're like that scene from every movie where they need a computer scene, where it's yeah, just like, like you're in a dark room. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, you kind of just like pull out from the world, and like you don't need anything. Like I don't really drink, I don't smoke anymore. Like don't have friends. <laughs> okay, now you know? we're getting to the bottom. You, know? you need something. So you don't. This really... is your vice. Yeah, it, it is my vice exactly. That's interesting. Which is, it's both a, a weakness and a strength. <laughs> It, but it very much is Wait, my how, vice. I mean, how's it a weakness? Well, like, I've gotten fat. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just gotten fat, a lot of shape. I guess play sports in college, then I'm just like this fat dude. Um, well, do you want to play sports? No. Well, I play lacrosse still. You know, I, I still play lacrosse, which is weird in L.A. There's actually a, a pretty decent amount of lacrosse here. Really? Okay. Yeah. So all play- East Coasters. Yeah, it's <laughs> all these East Coast dudes. Uh, it's just, like, very clear talent pool of, like, you can tell a guy from the East Coast versus West Coast in the, in the lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. We play pickup. We play pickup every Sunday in El Segundo, and then there's a uh, like a an outdoor league in ah, interesting. Culver City. Yeah. Yeah. Culver City High School. Okay. Yep. 
Well, I don't know what we were talking about. Vices. Uh, yeah, your vices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your vices. So it's almost too. Is like I almost. It is the only thing I care about, and I'm okay with that. So I guess do you do you think of it as like this is almost my legacy? A bit. Okay. A bit, and you know. I don't want to get too existential thinking about legacy yet, but this is like no, my work. It. Like this is my <laughs> right. life's work. And you know, when I'm 60, 70 and like, you know, we go back and tenor sold for $80 billion and I can be like, Hey, like, you know, I, I helped build that thing. We'll record the second podcast. Yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, throwing dollars at you the whole time. Is yeah. that something you think about on a regular basis of like when you're working on improving the app? Do you think, well, this is going to be used by millions of people? That's really neat. You you do, but you lose that very quickly. Yeah. Like when you first start, because I remember I've worked on an app like, that got millions of users. are just like, holy, holy shit, like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then like you wake up the next day and you still have to do the same thing. You're working on bugs. <laughs> the doldrums of it kind of kind of hit you. Right. Um, so you, you, you can definitely like lose track of that, but it, it's really important to not and that's something I've learned kind of recently it's like um, yeah like you know building shit can kind of get tedious or it's a yeah. Sisyphean task kind of doing the same thing right. over and over again but uh, I mean when you're like walking down the street and people are using your app yeah that's pretty it's cool it's pretty especially from like the career like you, you you built this thing you've like your hands built this thing and it's a very powerful yeah. thing to me well and I think I, I would say for Tinder also, you're affecting people's lives on a pretty uh, deep level. Like, I know people that are getting married next year, and they met on Tinder. Yep. Let's, uh, let's give credit where credit is. Credit. So, so, <laughs> you're it's, just passing love left and right. So I feel, I mean, obviously that's, that's making you happy, but I wasn't there at the beginning, so I feel a <laughs> bit like I don't own that. Okay. Like, right. I, I, I sort of can detach myself from that. Yeah. But it's obviously an awesome thing. Um, I also tend to be a little bit cynical. Oh, me too. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm helping people have sex with each other. That's all I'm really doing. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. let's, let, let's talk yeah. about yeah. that. <laughs> because I have a funny feeling, and this is completely without any statistics whatsoever, but I drive down Sunset Boulevard and I see billboards for STDs. Yes. And I, and We're I, in WeHo, baby. Come on. I kind of <laughs> think, like, uh, well, all the apps that are involved in dating has... has but, helped lead to this yes. it makes it very easy to have sex now but wasn't it always easy to have sex I guess this does make not it not for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never been easy <laughs> I, I almost feel like so in LA it's interesting because obviously there's a ton of attractive people around here. right yeah so it was funny I was testing the app and uh, I was back home in DC and I was testing the app and I feel like in DC I'm like a DC 7 and in LA I'm like a, an LA 2 I've heard that <laughs> from a lot of people yeah it's, it's actually, uh, what comedian? Uh, it might have been one of Jamel's bits. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah it was some comedian. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting in, in LA is like, it does seem to just like, it's really worthwhile for attractive people to hook up other attractive people. Like definitely. Yeah. That's Hitler's yeah. dream. Yeah. Right. It was, <laughs> this, oh no. No, no, no. Oh no. I was like, what should I say? This is being recorded. <laughs> No, I, but I think that's true of like, uh, go, so I went to Penn State, so big. Shout out any lines. Yeah, big uh, party school. Not, not necessarily, but tons of frats, yep. tons of bars, 
So it is like taking people at their most attractive point in life, putting alcohol in there, yep. and uh, making it real easy it for everyone. Yeah. And I feel like L.A. is kind of like that as well. I agree. It's like it's like college for 30-year-olds. But my friends that uh, are in Pittsburgh and are getting married thanks to Tinder, maybe a little tougher in Pittsburgh. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. So how did they, let me ask you a question. Can I ask questions about them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did that? What was their like experience on Tinder like? Did, were they like, were they were they like actively trying to get a partner, or like were they trying to be in a relationship? Like, what was their what was their goals out of Tinder? Ooh, I'm not really sure on that. Yeah. But knowing um, who they are, I would I don't think it was just to hook up. Right. Judging just by them and their family. So why wouldn't they use just like you know match.com or any of the other i don't know well they tinder's don't want, free right yeah you don't have to set up a profile either you just, you just get in there <laughs> you don't even have to set up a yeah. profile and also those things you have to like set up what you want and people don't know right. what they want yeah well don't, i think people have a type though i think they have a type but i also think you don't know what you want so i'm also stealing this like have you read aziz and zari's book i haven't yeah so he, he there's a ton of ton of working in this but basically it was you know, basically people kind of like think they know what they want, but what they're actually attracted to is something different. Yeah. Maybe like tan- tangentially related. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I would, I think two people have blinders. Yes. And they, they even, they are getting attracted, they are attracted to a certain type of person and they don't even realize it. Yep. And so, uh, this path keeps leading them back to that <laughs> To the type same of awful Deborah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, Deborah. <laughs> yeah. You keep meeting Debbie's. Okay, so um, getting back to the STDs. No, uh, <laughs> I feel like, I do kind of feel like technology has progressed so quickly uh-huh. that uh, the majority of the population has STDs. doesn't know. Yeah, has STDs. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know how to use it in a, like, it almost feels like, uh, it almost feels like the onset of a religion. Okay. In the sense of, like, I kind of feel, and again, <laughs> I should have read anything about this, <laughs> but I feel like religion was probably developed to explain certain things. Or well, mainly, like, what happens when you die? That, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Let me assuage that you, fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But other things like, uh, all right, let's say the Ten Commandments, like, uh, hey, don't, don't have sex with your neighbor's yeah. wife. That's probably because, like, STDs were getting yeah, spread are rampantly you, and people were killing each don't other. Don't murder people because you had sex with a wife right. and you got an STD. <laughs> right, right. So I feel like... And or, don't worship other idols at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That one doesn't work. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it might work. Yeah. you got to control the people. That's true. But Only worship me. I feel like certain aspects of technology, we're using them at this amazing rate. And we haven't quite figured out, like... Maybe I need to ease up because I got herpes and gonorrhea <laughs> in one week. <laughs> so that's the that's like the beauty of creating stuff is like uh, I think I just said the beauty of creating stuff is people get STDs. But it's like you can't control what people use things. Yeah, you can build something and maybe you're building it for your one use case. Yeah, like, you know I built this app and I want to meet. I don't want to get rejected, but I still want to meet people. Or turn into this thing that it's, it wasn't originally was. So like. You can't really control how people use things, and yeah. that's like, it's almost like one of the one of the incredible, fascinating things is seeing how people do this. Like Twitter was an amazing example of this. Like the hashtag on Twitter wasn't originally in Twitter, 
it was like a, a community thing people came up with. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think almost all of Twitter's like little hash, you know, hashtags like the uh, putting the dot in front of the at. Yeah. Make, yeah. I think all of those things were like community driven. Like, oh, and here's Twitter's this like thing. this is what people want. Let's yeah. just slowly adapt. Exactly. Okay, so basically, with apps, you probably want to start simple and then yep. uh, slowly build upon it. Exactly. You want to like you verify that this thing. So when people build apps or build anything, they really build it for themselves, mm-hmm. right? So you build this thing for yourself. You're the use case. So you, we have like these users. These users have use cases. I am. I am this person. I am seeking X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Here's how I tried to do it. This app fixes it. Yeah. This way. Have you done that based off of your life? Have you built any apps that you? Uh... Yeah. Oh man, I've built a few of them. Um, any that you can divulge or? or so here was uh... a really funny one. Uh, <laughs> Um, so about two cool ones. Let's do let's do the cool one first. So you remember, do you ever ever done a power hour? Sure, of course. So you use music, right? Yep. What if you had video? Dude, we're speaking the same language. Go so, on. so me and my buddy, like, this is my dude, my buddy spent a whole summer just like illegally downloading videos and chopping into the one minute clips with the best parts. He's doing the Lord's work. Yeah, man. Um, um, and then we were like, I had built this app where you could like basically choose which ones you wanted to. Um, this is stitched together and it would create a power hour for you. This is uh, so great that we're talking. Yeah. Because for my wedding, we had a big screen in the background at the venue. Uh And we were like, well, what are we going to do? We don't just want an M. Why waste the screen? So leading up to the wedding, I chopped up a bunch of movies, like three hours worth of movies of clips of them dancing. Nice. So it was all dancing for movies. Oh, and then I went to a friend of mine who's in tech, and I was like, everybody loved this. Like, is there a company here where you can drop and drag and do all these different clips and create this for wedding right. events? That's your, that's your use case, right? Yeah, that was my use case, yeah. yes. And this thing happened to me. I, this is the problem I solved. Right. But- I don't have a company. You could turn the same thing into for drinking. Right. For power hours. So you could like theoretically put this thing out in the world and, you know, some idiot frat boy would use it. Exactly. For the unintended. I had said the same thing. I was like, people have parties. They don't, they got screens now everywhere. There's screens. Chromecast, Apple TVs. You want something in the background. And I had even said for power hours, we used to chop up music. Yeah. And sometimes people had videos and it was like a cool thing. It was. It was so cool. So what happened to this app? So we just built it, or I built it, and it was just like, I don't want to host this thing. Yeah. Also, I'm very cool with creating something and then never distributing it or never... Trying to monetize it. Just like, it, just like or... it exists, and like I, that's good enough. Like The creation of it is good enough for me. Oh. Which isn't great business-wise. <laughs> no, it's terrible yeah, it's business terrible business-wise. <laughs> but it like satisfies some urge of... It's actually not a business <laughs> model. <It's, laughs> you need yeah. to make some money for it to be business. Is the absence of a business model a business model? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just n- no business model? There has to be at least one transaction. That's awesome. For yeah. it to be a business. Well, I was just kind of swayed, but like, is this legal? I got to like host it on a server and I got to pay money. Blah, blah, That's blah. how I felt too. I was yeah. like, I, I don't know enough about this stuff, and yep. then there's all this legality. And but there's people that are not worried about that. They're just I'm a perfectionist. So I don't like showing stuff until I think it's worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means the inside of it doesn't look good. The outside could look great. Yeah. But I still don't, I still don't like the inside, so I'm not going to show anybody. Um, 
But I have friends that are like prolific at putting out beautiful things and it's not necessarily work the best on the inside. Work the best on the code end. On the coding that's side, yeah. The inside. yeah. And that's a big hang up I have is like I have to put out uh, like the code has to be perfect before even the outside could look perfect. The UX UI could be great. Yeah. But I have this like weird um, you know, I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want to share this until I think it's perfect. Does that hold you back? It then? does, and that's how you should not operate. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a friend. There's actually a guy. Uh, this guy Mo drives this like really fancy yellow Lamborghini, and he had built this like Pokemon Go companion app. Yeah. And like you know, I saw the code, and code you know, code wasn't great, <laughs> or I decompiled it. But he was he's really great at like selling stuff. Yeah. And he has a yellow, yellow Lamborghini, meaning like he'll build something. It might not be the best inside. But it'll result in a Lamborghini. Exactly. God, I would... Uh, and What I have, are you waiting for here? I don't know. I have this like weird like pride, foolish <laughs> pride. Yeah, but yeah. don't you think, I mean, if you're, if you're looking back when you're 60-something years yeah. old, don't you think uh, messing up and maybe putting out something that's not perfect, don't you could learn from that, hundred percent. And I, I guess I still haven't learned from that. So let me tell you another idea I right. built. So you don't, do you know what an Eskimo brother is? Of course. Okay. So what if you could find out <laughs> who your Eskimo brother? This just became an explicit podcast. Yeah. So what if you could, um, what if you could find out who your Eskimo brothers were? Why would you want? Why I don't know. You're you like twenty-three. You're 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 a frat guy. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, so this was like 2010. I built this app where you would like. It's called Eskimo Bros, and you would sign in on Facebook, and you would like select the people that you had hooked up with, and then your friends would do the same. Okay. And then you have that relationship. You know who your Eskimo brothers were. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you were weren't able to monetize that. So I built it, and I we showed some like girlfriends uh, <laughs> that I had, and um. You <laughs> it to women first. <laughs> well, you know I'm an equal. You know I'm woke. <laughs> Shut up. I'm woke. And one girl was crying within three minutes. It was, <laughs> you, <laughs> you hooked okay. up with my college boyfriend? Oh, wow. And it was like, yeah, it was before we were dating. It's yeah. fine. And uh, this was all the time when we started this company. So it was just like, yeah, I, I built it. It had like, it, it was tangible and it created this mess. And I was like kind of cool with that. Yeah, the way I think how you change it and monetize it is it becomes an app that you can make women cry with. Yeah, the crying <laughs> app. We need that. Isn't Tinder enough for that? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I didn't touch on. Uh, as the end user, there I feel like there are a lot of emotions involved. Sure. With what you're doing. Like, your app could make people cry. Sure. Reality can make them cry, too, though. That's like, true. Like, we're not... I kind of feel like... Uh, Man, I don't know what the metaphor is this, but it's like, we're, we're, we're the you're the mechanism into this thing. Those emotions are going to be there because like rejection is a universal emotion. Yeah. Self doubt, um, lack of confidence, all of that is already there. Yeah. It doesn't just be giving you a way to affirm that. Well, and the the uh, maybe the positive aspect of it is they build up resiliency too, yes. uh, and they can get to a point faster where they're more confident in themselves and exactly. are like okay with rejection. Yep. I know there's um there's some people that play this game. It's just it's not like a board game or anything. It's just a game in life where they try to get rejected 5 times a day. Wow. And let's say they'll walk up to people in a parking lot and say, "Hey, can I have a piece of gum?" And no, get, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And just to build up that resiliency, resiliency. and yeah. make them more, uh, 
comfortable in all situations where they can just that's super novel <laughs> so the, the guy that i built this company with he actually was like just like i don't want to he was very into women he was like but he would go and talk to any girl yeah just any girl whatever she don't talk i want to talk to me whatever move on yeah i still don't have that i don't know if that's self-doubt or if that's yeah, like i've never had that either but i, I feel similar i feel similar with my work uh-huh. Right? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Or even, like, other creative endeavors. So, like, you know, I won a freestyle battle at UCB a couple weeks ago. And, like, I've written some pretty cool songs. Like, I've done some... It's, like, weird. I'm actually... Wait, like, what? You did what at So, I won UCB? a freestyle battle at UCB. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I've been rapping, like, my whole life, like, freestyling. Of course. I've actually, like, I you, won... You were on the Tupac message. Yeah, I was on Tupac MB3. <laughs> Me and Jamal used to record songs back in the day. Um... But it's cool. It's like, so I have some, like, stuff that I would, I would love to, like, freestyle more. Just, like, Devin, you know, my, my roommate Devin is improv, and he's awesome. And he's, like, yeah. going on the stage and doing it. And I'm still, there's this, like, urge of perfection before I can do it. That's the beauty of improv. Exactly. There is it no perfection. But there's shitty improv. There's horrific improv. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I see you, Sunset Boulevard. What's up? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just but, kidding. But, I mean, again... Yes, the the majority of people that are doing improv won't stick with it and won't ever get to that point where they're amazing at it. But the people that just plow ahead and they start to learn, all right, this is bad, this is good, yep. this helps. Yeah, same thing. Yep. So that's interesting because you kind of were like, you don't deal with rejection, but you're a comedian. I know, and I don't... I, I so want, want those laughs. Yeah. <laughs> do you just not go on stage? No, I do. And yeah, I want see. people to like me. But So then you're uh, okay with rejection, kind of. But in um, in that aspect, it, I've gotten to the point where it's, it's more that I'm numb to it. I will sure. say when I moved from D.C. to L.A., it was like, whew, this is a whole nother <laughs> level of Nobody rejection. Nobody loves me anymore. Right. Yeah. But, um, but now, yeah, you... You go up in all these different places. You know, I did a show in a barber shop a few weeks ago, and it's like, this is just where I'm performing right. tonight. This isn't me. It went well. It's, yeah. <laughs> it went well, but at the situation. same time, it was like, you know, the, all these different situations will hopefully lead to a better version of myself as sure. a stand up. Or I'll just quit. Or I'll quit. <laughs> but at least you're comp. Yeah, okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Well, we'll see if it works I'm out. Gonna, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess uh, I would say you could put yourself out there with things that you're less, um, that you hold less precious, maybe. Right. And that's interesting because I wonder, so art and, and, and creative endeavors, you're kind of inherently making yourself vulnerable yeah. at a point. Like when you hit that publish button on, or if you go on stage. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah. the reality is, you shouldn't be good at it initially. No. Right. I mean, I think you're probably at a point with development, though, that you are good at it. And regardless of your uh, trappings need to be perfect, yeah. perfect, <laughs> you could put something out there and a lot of people in your field would have respect for it. And then other allegedly outside of your field. Allegedly. Would, well, yeah, I, mean, I respect that. I won't be like terribly. Uh, humble there yeah but it's like how to how to get to there was a lot of like strife in between of like i'll show those bastards like you know i'm just like writing code at like well six, yeah well i guess it goes back to that guy that you said made square yeah 
He's just putting everything out. Yeah, he's not stopping. Right. And Stop stopping. He's writing and writing and writing. Yeah. And it's he's probably getting to a point where he's so much faster at it. And um, it's good, too. Exactly. It's just getting better and it better. It can't not be good. He's too, he's <laughs> yeah. too bit good to fail. He's been shooting too he's many He's the Enron of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. He's the Enron of programming. I love it. Wait, no, that's bad. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's. Um, here's some more ideas that I got for you. I want to pitch some app ideas to you. Lay it on me. See what you think. And uh, before we know it, we'll be driving around in a Lamborghini. You would be. I'd. Uh, I, I'd, I'm more economical. I, I would go for like a nice... Uh, a bright yellow Prius. Yeah, a bright yellow Prius. I just keep it 100% LA. 100%. Okay, so app number one. It's called Rent My Stuff. It's like Airbnb. Everybody's got this stuff. Yep. Extra stuff, extra plates, extra Skis. silverware. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like uh, you just post it on this Airbnb style thing of stuff. Yep. You go pick it up. You use it, take it back. That is the sharing economy, right? That's what we do yeah. nowadays. Um, Does that exist? Do you want me to like shoot it down, or like what do you want me to do? Like just general feedback. Scale of one to ten, what do you think? So here's the thing with that is like there. Well, I guess the, the I was gonna say like the 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 verity or the 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 dearth of quality. It's like what is you know my skis might be really good, but your skis suck. Yeah. But same thing when you're going to an Uber X. Yeah. Or you go to Airbnb. Yeah. I can take great pictures, but my house sucks. Right. Um, I'd get that a six or maybe seven. Maybe Solid seven. Solid seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just, it's almost too, it's not narrow enough. I feel like one of the issues is um, maybe, maybe it's almost a subscription based thing where you have to list at least five things or you have a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> like rating system of like okay i'm renting out a couch versus i'm renting out a set of silverware right you know a couch is a little harder to come by you pay a little more or uh you know you have different statuses so who's let's do through a couple of use cases let's do of a buyer like a wedding for example okay um you know i i just experienced having to rent and buy certain garbage for my wedding where i was like we're never going to use this again I know a guy. Great garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could just uh, borrow someone's old china and... Uh, yep. No, never, yeah. You know. So, yeah, that's one example. So, what, what about a, a dinner party. What about a seller? A seller? Uh, you mean who's, who's... The people that are, like, listing the things. What, 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 is, what, is, what, is, what is their goal? So, I have... I have uh, 800 extra cutlery lying around. Yeah. Let me list this here. To get use out of your cutlery. There you I go. think. I mean, I think with like something like cutlery, a lot of people have dead relatives that uh, that got passed on to them. They don't feel right about selling Same. it or throwing it out, but it's just around. Right. People. I think people have a lot of anxiety about extra stuff. Yeah. And they would feel better about it if they could. Yeah. The hoarders would be like, "Well, this is so valuable. I couldn't possibly rent it." For, you could uh, not have these paper towels. <laughs> right? I've been using them for three years. <laughs> to mop up my dead cat. Oh God. <laughs> Poor whiskers. Okay, that's a seven. We'll say. Uh, there's some stuff there. Maybe this exists already. Is there a parking app that uses satellite imagery? To find empty spots in real time. I have no idea. Mm. So, 
let's talk about the technology. <laughs> not there yet. So you can get, let's say we can get the picture. Yeah. You can probably do that, right, with Google Maps. How do I tell if the parking spot is open? And how do I tell if it's a parking spot? And how do I tell if it's a parking spot? Like you live in, in D.C. and L.A. Yeah. I don't know when I can park at places. Right, of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, you, you would have to uh, catalog all that. Yeah, you'd have to know that it was street cleaning, but only for this six spots It'd on Tuesdays. It'd take a very uh, progressive city to get behind it. Yep. And uh, give all their data. And who's motivated to do this? L.A. County's not motivated well, to do this. Well, oh, you could get L.A. County motivated to do it if they could also use it to ticket people. So they could almost just have like a mesh and just be like, okay, these spots are not used anymore. I could see these three spots and I yeah. can go ticket them. What if I could ticket you without actually seeing you there? Well, that's what like I'm saying. Like if the technology they could see evolves. you were there for two hours. It's been three hours. Yep. So let's say when we have they to... They just email you a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. How delightful is this that? This app is a one. Yeah, I hate this app. You get a text message. Shut up. You owe us $75. <laughs> yeah. And your car is gone. Oh, man. My car just got towed for a long period of time. I heard that. Yeah. I still haven't gotten it back. I got to go... <laughs> what are you waiting for? Uh, you just don't need a car. But you're just uh, increasing fines every day. Um, no, I've paid it off, but I have to go get it now. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I kind of abandoned it. This was actually on my to-do list yesterday. You just gave away I got, a part of the city. I, pretty much, <laughs> it's dude. It actually got auctioned off. I am, I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure at this point, to be dead honest. It was on my to-do list like last week, and then I got sick, and I just kind of forgot about it. But thank How you for, long has this been? Oh, at least a month. A month in, yeah. impounded? Yeah. Your car has been auctioned off. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of car were you driving? It was a Jeep Liberty. Oh my god, you're killing me. I would yeah. love a Jeep Liberty. Yeah. I should find out when they're auctioning it off. You should go buy it. <laughs> you should go get it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of travel, here's app number three. I'm calling it local travel. Especially in LA. People are driving on these highways. They take the same routes every day. But they don't necessarily know what they're driving by. Okay. So it's kind of like Yelp, except... Maybe you sign in and you say, I'm interested in uh, museums, architecture, restaurants of this nature, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And every week they, may, they follow you on your GPS and then make suggestions of, hey, here's some things you could visit that are near. Nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Who's making money on that? Uh, I don't know yet. Yeah. I feel, I feel oh, like I, you're not the person to tell me about making money. You said you know. <laughs> it's true. I may not be good at turning but my I don't idea. Know. Yeah, but I'm great at turning things down. How's Yelp make money? How does Yelp make money? Well, advertising. And people also pay for yeah advertising. Um, how do they make money at the beginning? They probably got this venture capital. That's how everybody starts. You have a ton of users, and you turn that into something. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, but it would suck for like 90% of the world. Like, 90% of the world doesn't have anything cool around it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, move to somewhere cool. Yeah, exactly. You're going to love this Idiot, app. get out of Indiana, okay? Well, I mean, also, I mean, if we're if we're distributing this app, right? the majority of people live in cities, or large concentrations are in cities. Isn't so it the first time in human history where more people live in cities than not? Is that, I think that's a stat. You know, I think I've... Uh, I've given solid precedent that I do no research and do no reading for this podcast, so I'll say yes. Those people live in dumpsters nowadays. <laughs> I read it on Reddit, and <laughs> the sauce was there. Yeah. The sauce checked out. Stacked dumpsters. Yeah, yeah. They just slide in. And <laughs> TLDR. 
people living aren't apartments just dumpsters yeah they're clean dumpsters <laughs> yeah you're, you got a box hvac yeah you're, you're in a box inside of a box with in somebody. la they're dumpsters that's true because the weather's so nice if you look at all the cool stuff like all the apps we all use they don't rely on anything magical yeah snapchat what is it <laughs> magical it's well, all sends videos i think video is pretty magical yeah but like there's no like crazy like Wow, like we like guessed who you're gonna like, or like you know Airbnb. Yeah. It's not like Airbnb. Do you think we'll get to that point with technology? Then? Sure, but it's like yeah. very far away. Okay, well, how about this? This is I'm done with my ideas. I want more ideas. All right, you want one more? I want, Here's one more idea. I want idea. Tinder for cats. This, this that isn't an app, are, though. Okay. You build a cell phone with a projector built into the side of it. When uh, is that gonna happen? I, there's actually like little attachments you can do that. Little USB attachments. Really? That that and exists. And they're fairly affordable. And they work well? I've never used one. I've never had yeah. the need for one. I just think it would be cool to have, you know, you have a white wall somewhere. There may actually be a phone that did this, and it may have, it's probably an Android phone that nobody knew about. <laughs> I forgot it existed. I use an iPhone, by the way. I don't use an Android phone. Okay, well, yeah. your secret's safe with me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love how, like, I just tell everybody about this. Oh, I use an iPhone. Like, I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, I use both. Uh, but yeah, yeah I think there was right. there was an Android phone that did this. I think it actually huh. had like a special because that's actually like not that uh, it's just like mirrors, mirrors and shit, mirrors and science. Yeah, you figured they got yeah. the camera shooting in four K now. Yeah, I mean five K now. Five K. I don't even know what five K is, but my TVs mon- my monitor is five K. Yeah, that's wild. I paid for that. Shout out monitors. All right, so so moving on to the future of technology, I am curious about and uh maybe you're ill-equipped to probably but uh you know i look at at google glasses oh yeah google glass or google glasses singular glass google glass do you want one by the way i have two of them (laughs) i i mean i'd be curious to test drive them they're not are they terrible oh it was awful yes i actually spent a good bit of time developing a google glass app at a startup i was at like two years ago Oh, terrible development experience, terrible product. There's a reason they killed it. Yeah. Oh, they killed it. I didn't know they yeah, it's, killed it's it. It's dead. Yeah. Well, I think it'll be back eventually. Right? I think some like thing based on that will be back. Well, I guess the the point I'm driving at is we had glasses before. Yep. And then people moved to contacts, and now they're getting surgery. Yep. So I can see how you got Google Glass, then it moves to Google Contacts, and then Google it, Eye. Then you, Google Eye, yes. It's we just are in this, your brain. We are Steve Austin. Yeah. And you're part technology. That is eventually. where it's going, yes. You think so? There's an awesome startup in west side of LA called Kernel. Yeah. It's like kind of stealth mode. Not Kernel. anymore. Not, well, do you know how many subscribers I have to 700 this Seven hundred million. <laughs> what is the gross population of Bangladesh? Um, but yeah, that's where it's, that's like the cool part is like you know our brains are just electricity. We can kind of like learn and, and, and interface with this stuff. Um, but yeah, that that company out and and uh, I think they're in Venice. Uh, they're doing some crazy stuff with that. Is that terrifying to you? <sighs> it's terrifying on like. A, not like the robot overlords are going to like overtake us, but it's like it really like distills humanity in your existence down into this like very uh, this like binary thing. Yeah. Like this signal was sent. This signal was sent. Yeah. My arm moved. You know, my my complex, my, you know, my my uh, insecurity over perfection is just a, just a bunch of a series of signals going along in my in my gray matter. <laughs> So on that level, Google Brain will fix that. Yeah, Google Brain, which I've built in Zoloft. 
<laughs> just put the Zoloft plug it in, and you'll be great. So, uh, so it's not, it's terrifying in, in in this sort of that existential dread state of like, wow, it's like we, have we like been able to like encapsulate humanity and like the existence in this in this complicated thing we're a right. part of? Like, are we going to recreate that? Yeah. Does, well, I mean, I guess once you have your Google Eye, it kind of goes back to the fashion thing, where like you maybe you're in a store and you're yep. looking at a shirt. And you just are. Your Google can tell you, yeah. no, this isn't. This isn't your style. No. Or you should pick this one because it. Yep. It works with what you, we've seen before. The people on Tinder are gonna like it if you wear this red shirt. <laughs> right. If you get the Kanye line, the Yeezys. Put the Yeezys on. <laughs> yeah, but then, we don't even know how the eye works. We have no clue how the eye works really. <laughs> so it's like we have to like at least figure that out. Like we can't even. We still have glaucoma and people like just go blind. That's true. But it is a little terrifying to me. It is terrifying. Uh, I have, I have one bad eye, so that excites me, like, if, like, I could get that fixed. Um, but, the, like, the, the signals of, like, being, I think, like, if you're, if it definitely, like, increases your quality of life, like, that's super exciting. Yeah. But if we're creating cyborgs, I don't know, cyborgs don't excite me. What do we need cyborgs for? People want to live forever. And, yeah. And, uh. Shout out. That's what they're going for. Elon Musk. I feel like Elon Musk will eventually be uh, an android, if not already. Yeah, I mean, he, he thinks outside of the box. Totally. That's for sure. <laughs> totally. So, I love that I love that it's like the we are sort of making these like revolutionary jumps. Because if you were to tell people like in the 1950s and 40s, we imagine like 2017 would be like, you know, Rocky, we're all on like flying cars and we're yeah. on the moon. And we're like, we're like still having, people just still die of heart attacks every day. It's, we're still doing <laughs> the same shit. Like we haven't figured it out. Everybody's still miserable. Yeah, but people are living much longer. Yeah, living longer. Uh, people, you know, quality of life is better, but there's just more of us and our president, Donald Trump's our president. We got to get that in. You know, have we improved? Have we really improved? Well, I think Do we want Dwight white back. back. Yeah, the white Eisenhower back. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, I, you know, I, I see, uh, I see overpopulation in, in cities as something that could be, could be fixed. With a death ray? What's that? What's <laughs> death ray? <laughs> with the, with the Nikola Tesla death, death uh, yeah, ray? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> by mask. Yeah. No, no, um, I guess in terms of the future, um, you know, Amazon Prime is, is delivering to people every day. Yep. I can only imagine once drones become um, good enough to make those deliveries, and then you won't need box stores really anymore. Right. Drones will be efficient enough that they can drop off a shirt to you. You try it on. You say, I don't like it. Take this bag. So I'm picturing just drones flying around. Everywhere. Like we're just having over LA right now, and it's just like drones crashing into each other. Why not robots? Why not cyborgs? Well, <laughs> Good. so we replace mailmen with cyborgs. Nobody likes mailmen. Wait, right? aren't cyborgs part human? <laughs> I mean, how, how much human was RoboCop? A RoboCop was like sixteen percent human. Wow. We use the RoboCop ratio on this. Well, sixteen percent human. Um, and yeah, I would I would much rather have a robot cyborg man delivering woman, you know, entity. Okay. <laughs> Let's stay gender neutral. Yes. Um, uh, a woke that part, that part of the cyborg has been cut off. Yeah, so. we, I want a woke uh, cyborg male person <laughs> delivering me my goods. 
All right, we got hit with a pretty nasty fire engine siren there. So that gives us another chance to thank our sponsors this week. Live for the last time at the Nerd Melt showroom on April 7th at 7 p.m. Featuring Brandon Wardell, Jake Wiseman, Jamel Johnson, all from Comedy Central, Peggy Sinnott from True TV, Jason Nunez from the Lifetime Movie Network, and yours truly from the Design of Everything podcast. Tell your friends, all happening on April 7th at 7 p.m., B-Y-O-B, you can get good and hammered, and maybe there'll be a little a little for yourself uh, if you just show up. And don't B-Y-O-B. We'll see. Come on out. April 7th, 7 p.m. Hollywood, baby! You know, I don't, I don't know if technology would ever be capable of this, but, you know, what do they do in Star Trek when they beam from one place to the other? I don't even know, dude. Well, once you figure that out, you don't need cars. You got all this open Pollution space. is gone. Yeah, it becomes parks. Uh. <laughs> Overcrowding. You can just teleport, sleep on a mountain. How would teleport? I mean, because you think about it, like you're you're this cluster of atoms, and yeah. oh, that's really all you are. That's all right? I am. You know, you're this cluster of atoms, and you got to take it and move it to this other area. Is it just moving really fast? Is that what teleportation is? Yeah, or is it like <laughs> you're talking to the wrong guy? Are, here. I don't know how. How does the I, body work? I, I Come on, dude! I thought it was a teleportation talk. Well, all the other stuff was foreplay. <laughs> we were really getting. This is what you really yeah. for. I wanted to wax poetic on. Well, wax poetic on it. I'm here to listen. I don't know how teleportation works. Well, I don't think it does yet. Does it? I mean, we've seen it in Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, it will be a thing eventually. And uh, that's when we don't need highways anymore, and we can really, really break open these cities. How awesome would LA be without cars? I know, that's what I'm saying. Or and like everything being so far apart. Like, I want to go to, from Silver Lake to yeah. Venice. God, I sound like a hipster. Okay, let's do a different neighborhood. We're, <laughs> we're going from a different neighborhood. I don't, I don't even know any other neighborhoods. Los Feliz. We're going from Echo Los Park. Feliz is even more hipster. Century City, we're going from, Culver City, we're going from Century Santa Monica. Okay, let's, we're going from Weehaw to the airport, okay? Let's do that. <laughs> Instead of the hour and a half of hell, we're just there. Yeah. How awesome would be that? Well, why would you use an airplane? Oh my god. You don't even need Because I was I was thinking about the security check. I was I was like we're gonna teleport to the to the TSA line and they're gonna they're gonna be our bottleneck. What's the plane taking off? It's just you. The TSA is the bottleneck to teleportation. What if it was like that? You had to like go through TSA before you could teleport. I would never wear shoes. People wouldn't do it. Yeah, people wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> All right, well, um, did I miss anything? You ask me, man. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, the only other thing, another tweet of yours. You said, "Likely an oversimplification. Modern software engineering is more about craftsmanship than anything else." Yeah, yeah. So um, it was actually so engineering means very specifically in like from like a municipality level if you're an engineer civic engineer you have to like get a certification there's like a lot more math you need to know how to do yeah um so i don't want to do the engine i think software development is still engineering but modern software development isn't like 
a lot. It is, we figure out the really hard parts. Like, we know how to, like, you know, send some data to the far reach of the world. And how I access that data is, is like, very simplified. And it's not, you know, it isn't, the engineering, is, a lot of the hard work has been done. Yeah. Whereas the craftsmanship comes, is, like, how clear have I architected things where it's, like, obvious what they do. Architected, is that a word? Yeah, architected, yes. Architect, <laughs> I, architecture... <laughs> Yeah, architect it. So it's like, are these things... So if you look at good, good craftsmanship, is like ubiquitous, right? If you look at the guy that... Um, person that installed your, your electrical system, and you go open it up, and it's like, wow, like these the, the, these electrical lines like very clearly lead into something. And then the next guy that comes... I love saying that. Yeah, you do. It's like yeah. very pleasing. But then the next person who comes in and works with it, like, oh, wow, like I know what this thing does. It's yeah. very easy. So um, in and, and, and that respect, like that is the number one thing I like in software is like can the next person pick this up and like use this yeah and then it's just like being it's like being cleanly like uh, so like unit tests are something you write you write code that tests your code mm-hmm. so like are you doing that because you can be lazy and not do it mm, right okay and nobody would know yeah but when your app breaks why did it break right, right. these unit tests will catch that um, and then it's just like you know you kind of finish something it works and then it's like do you do the last bit of it do you like do you, do you sand off the edge to make sure every surface is smooth? Right. So it's just kind of like the um, the cleanliness and the craftsmanship of it, meaning like you do everything to the T, the details, you worry, you sweat the details, and you've composed this system that is very interchangeable, et cetera, et cetera. Great code. You but take pride in your work. Exactly. And that is a thing that's sort of ubiquitous. And I would argue that software engineering is very approachable now. Like you could you could go maybe spend three or four weeks and write a basic iOS app, maybe even sooner. Yeah. And even like a web development, probably even quicker, right? Okay. But you're not gonna know how to build an app. You're not gonna know how to like make this thing so the next person who works on it is beautiful, or right. this thing will uh, it's able to I can add things to it really quickly. Like if you if you if a person designs a really nice house, all the plumbing's gonna be done correctly, and then if I want to add a jacuzzi later. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried about the water blowing up in my face and scalding my, my, my friends. Right. Yeah, yeah, I have a house in uh, in D.C. It was built in 1890. Ooh. And, uh, Ooh. oh, yeah, looking at some of the stuff in there. Yeah. When I, I renovated it, and it was just like, oh, boy, I don't know what they were thinking here. And someone will go back 20, 50 years from now and say, ah, oh, what was Kyle thinking What here? was this guy thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it might be me. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> What was I thinking? Oh boy, I was young. There's another opinion I'm for. If you if you don't look back on code you wrote six months ago and think it was garbage, then you're not growing. Oh so, okay. So actually, like we'll be coming to like there'll be a bug somewhere in our code, and I'll be like, who wrote this? And it's like it was me. Yeah, your fingerprints. What all an over. idiot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, that's great. So you're you're growing. Always physically and mentally. Cool man. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for doing the podcast. Pleasure, man. Thanks for coming out. All right, that was Andy Lawton, everyone. Oh, man, he was fun to talk to. He really had some interesting uh, things to say about creativity and and what he does in his line of work. And also, (laughs) it was fun theorizing about the future with him. So, uh, wow, when we're all cyborgs, oh, man, you're not even going to hear the sweet nasally sound of my voice anymore. I'm going to get it corrected so it just sounds perfect all the time. 
nice and deep and sexy and uh, people are just going to love it and tune in all the time. All right. That's the podcast. Until next week, thank you guys for tuning in. Tell your friends. Share it on Facebook, Instagram, wherever podcasts are listened to. Bye-bye. Play it. Take it away.